Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. We are all in for a treat today as my friend Rachel Carmen is joining us. Rachel shares my heart and passion for encouraging and equipping Christian homeschooling moms to see their role in light of God's plan for their family. And I can't wait for you to get to know her more and hear what God has taught her through the years as she sought to know and love him more. Rachel is a mom of seven who's launched them all from her homeschool. She and her husband, Davis, own Apologia Educational Ministries, which provides creation-based curriculum with a biblical worldview. Rachel and I will be right back to talk all about how moms can get into God's Word and see it fundamentally change their homes. You don't want to miss a thing, so stay tuned. I am so excited to have Rachel Carmen back with us today. Rachel is a longtime dear friend. Um, We were just talking before the show about how our lives have impacted one another in ways that we may not have even known. So I'm excited for you guys to to hear from Rachel today. Rachel, I'm thrilled you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me again. It's always a challenge for you and I to find time that our heart schedules can coincide for this. But thanks for being so patient with me. Oh, no, I am thrilled. In fact, I, when I saw that you were on the recording list, I was like, man, we still haven't gotten coffee. So <laughs> still have to figure that out. Um, we do. I'm thankful for the time to chat. I'm thankful for your heart. I'm thankful for just the way that you have spent a lifetime now ministering both to your children, to your family, but but for years to moms who are not in your family. Can you, before we dive in, I want you to tell everyone a little bit about what you do, what you have done, what your heart is for moms today that you're serving. Yeah, thanks for asking that. My heart is really for the homeschool moms that they would be encouraged, that they would be inspired, and I and also I want to interject something that I think our culture is uh, reticent to do, and that is I want them to be challenged. Yeah. I want us to challenge each other. I think that's what we really need to dare to dig in, to go deeper, to lean in to be dependent, to persevere, to stand firm, all of those things that the Bible outlines. I don't I don't want to be a part of the you do whatever works for you. I want us together to do what glorifies God, which is often the hard thing. And so for me, that's about encouraging moms to spend time with Jesus, to yeah. get into God's word and to pray to him and to praise him no matter what's going on, right? The chaos and the crazy and the mountaintop and the valley, that's what it's all about. Yeah, amen. And and also, and I, I think you would probably attest to this, I've learned so much about, as I've gotten older, as I've <laughs> grown more mature, that <laughs> my need for other people, like I really, when I was a young mom, I had, maybe it was because you just get into this groove of go, 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 attend, 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 yeah. you're just meeting needs all the time. And I didn't recognize how much, I really did need to plug into the body that God had surrounding me. There were so many resources and I didn't take advantage of it. And I'm not talking about like physical resources. I'm talking about people, people who were where I could talk to, I could gain wisdom from, and I just never did. And I I think that both of us would, 
would holler from the rooftops, you need that. You need those people speaking truth into your lives. That is so true. And I I think it's interesting that you said that. I just had this conversation with one of my adult children the other day. I said, you know, I really believe that God literally, (laughs) who knew? I believe he keeps all of his promises. And I do believe he gives us everything we need. But so often it is in a person and we're not taking advantage of that because we've oversold independence in our culture. But the reality is we need God and he provides for us through other people because we need each other. We need each other. And that's just, that's just a scary reality, right? Because I'm totally, uh, you probably, you and I probably could have competed for Miss Independence (laughs) at least once upon a time. And I'm not proud of that. I'm not proud of that. But as I too have gotten older, I have come to truly appreciate those who have dared to pour into me. And I really long for opportunities to pour into other young moms and encourage them to, by faith, take those steps and dare to be vulnerable and dare to engage face-to-face, not screen-to-screen, right? right? But face-to-face. There's a place for the screens, but it's not every place. Right. Because we really do need those hugs. We really need those hugs. And we need those hand squeezes. And we really do need each other. I'm glad you brought that up. That's true. Yeah. And, you know, even kind of to your screens point, the the other true benefit of in, engaging with other older ladies, people in your church, whatever, is they also get to know your kids and they get to invest in your kids, which as I look back, the very few people that I did allow close to me had a massive impact on my children. And I'm so grateful for that. And I think we just skate over that so often if we're not careful. Yeah. And our kids need that too. You know, I can tell my kids when I call them, I'll meet with somebody who's been a prayer partner for what, 20 years, you know, and I'll say, I went to lunch the other day with Jan and she just wanted me to tell you that she's praying for you. Yep. Whoa. I mean, somehow Jan carries more weight than I do sometimes, which is fine. It's fine. Um, But it, it blesses them to know that it, that's that cloud of witnesses that we talk about from Hebrews 11, right? That your kids can know that there are people who know them and who care about them. And you're right. We do. Our kids need that. We need that. We need to be known. I really think the longing of all of our hearts is to be known and loved anyway. Yeah. Because I think our fear is that if people really knew, they wouldn't love us. But the God of the universe really knows, and he loves us. And I do think he provides other people that are willing to do that too, if we're willing, right, to be known. And so, yeah, that community, that that's key. It is. It's so important, but it it is not a a substitute, I guess, for actually personally growing in your faith, personally growing in your walk with the Lord so that you can personally parent and be the spouse that God has called you to be in all of these things, all of these roles that God has given us. Yeah. You know, I've, I've said this for a long time, but I really believe most all of us that are endeavoring to raise kids that would honor and glorify God and word and deed that would follow hard after him, that would seek to serve him with our whole hearts, right? That would love neighbor as self. We want that for our kids. But I think the question becomes, are we, are we living that? Yeah. And are we engaged in a community that is living that? Because it's this whole idea of you can't give what you don't have. And so if 
if you don't have that passion for living worthy or living fragrant or being sober or standing firm or doing all of those things that scripture admonishes us to do, if you don't love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and I'm just going to say here, your kids know what you love. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Your kids know. If if you're wondering, <laughs> ask your local eight-year-old <laughs> and they'll tell you what's important to you. If if you're wondering if 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 what you want to be important to you is actually important to you, your kids will can tell you. Mm. Um, I think it's Ramsey who says your checkbook will also tell you, right? So what's important to you is reflected in how you love. I mean, how you live. And it's important, I think, especially as Christians, because I believe that we have been tasked with raising a generation that loves the Lord with heart, mind, and soul and loves neighbor as self. But we need to love him like that. We need to love them like that, which means we spend time with him and we serve them, right? And our kids know whether or not we're doing that. And so nurturing our time with him, I think, is so key so that we can give them him. Yes. Because we can't do that if we don't have him. Well, that is so true. And yeah, it it is such a sobering reality to recognize that what we love does show. Our children are keenly, keenly aware of of exactly so much about us. I think we underestimate the the intuitive nature of a child like they can see through lies they can see through facades they know the real you because they're with you all the time and so you know we have we have said a lot that you teach what you know but you reproduce who you are and yep. you know yep. i am wanting to reproduce a certain thing it is paramount that i make sure i'm investing in becoming that thing myself because that is going to be reproduced in my kids. So I would love to talk for the, the rest of our time, really, about how do you do that? How do you how do you invest in growing in your own walk with God so that you can then reproduce in your children what you would love to see in them eventually? Hold that thought. We will be right back after a short break. Yeah, thanks for that and for that intro because I have brought some of my most favorite resources. Oh. I had to boil it down to just some <laughs> fundamental things because I have really good news. Just like you don't have to have had an amazing education yourself, classically trained and a master's degree in education or literature or anything to be a really great homeschool mom. You can do this with your kids, right? you can do this with your kids too. And so most all of the resources I'm going to go over today with a few caveats, and I'll tell you, are things that you can do with your kids. If you're if you're listening in today and you're like, yeah, I really want that, but I don't have that relationship with the Lord. Really? I don't know where to start in his word. You can start with your kids. You can start getting to know him with your children, right? Because he's going to meet you in different places. Wherever you are, he'll meet you as you pursue him. And wherever your kids are, he'll meet them. So you don't have to worry about making sure it's the same place. It's wherever. That's what his sovereignty does. That's what his love does. That's what his mercy does, right? And so there's three pla- basic thing- places. And, I, and I'm and i going to say today, I'm going to dare to say something I wasn't planning on. 
I'm going to suggest you jump in to whichever one of these makes the most sense to you. But you don't need to try to do all three of them at the same time, right? So whichever one, just initially, that's like, okay, that's where I know I need to begin. Now, I would suggest, this is the challenge portion, I would suggest that all three of these go together and work together. And in an ideal circumstance, all three of these are complementing each other in your relationship with Christ, just as they're complementing your children in their relationship with Christ. But if if this is all new to you, it's the most important thing is that you start right? And the overwhelm, boy, the enemy wants you to be totally overwhelmed. In fact, the enemy might want you to turn this podcast off right now because (laughs) it just seems like too much, right? But the Lord of the universe is going to meet you right where you are. And he promises abundant blessings if we just begin. So the three things I'm going to suggest are prayer, praise, and study. Prayer, praise, and study. I think those are the three components of what it means for us to be in relationship with God, a growing relationship of getting to know who he is. And that is something I want. I want to pass off to my kids. Right. And I love it when my kids go, I read this this morning or I remember this hymn this morning or something like that, because look, all seven of mine have have flown. They've all launched. And so now we're really seeing how is this coming to fruition? Right. But those are the three things that we endeavored to build in here. But again, wherever you start, you start. So here's one thing. If you know me, you know I love the hymns. Love the hymns. Yes. And I actually have a hymn book collection. No kidding. (laughs) When I go to like antique stores or things like that, which I love to do, I look for old dictionaries. Kind of a strange thing. And I look for old hymnals or old prayer books. And there are many to be had, right? Because even churches have become screen obsessed. Right. And and here's an aside. How about we find churches that are more than screen deep? Hmm. What if we, I'm, I'm not saying all screens are bad, but if that's all they've got going, maybe we need to look around because it's got to be about scripture and not a screen. And so that's that's one of my things. Anyway, I have all these hymnals. Here's two. I didn't bring the whole stack up. These are not my old ones. So what I did many years ago as a homeschool mother of seven, guess what I had a lot of? Laundry. Yeah. And so one of the things I did early, I did not grow up knowing how to clean house. So my mom, God love her, really liked her house cleaned a certain way. And I was incapable of doing that. So um, I didn't do it much, actually. And so she did all of that. And so when I got married, really young, actually, I was barely 20. And here I had a house that, guess what? Needed to be cleaned. Didn't And I was, that's right, it needed help. And I didn't, I really didn't know what to do. I was really at a loss. And often our response to things that we don't know what to do is to hate them. To it's like that line from Beauty and the Beast, we we hate what we don't understand, right? Wow. Yes. And so anytime we don't like something, I think it's worth a second look as to why. What is that? And so I had a really good mentor at the time. I mean, this woman changed my life and she spoke so much wisdom into my life. I should write all the things down that she did. But she said one time, 
I, I mentioned to her that I was having a hard time keeping up. It was just three of us. I mean, literally me and Davis and our oldest son, what in the world? And she was like, now, why is that? I mean, that was her response. We all need that friend. Yes. <laughs> yes, we, we do. all need that friend. She said, yeah, why is that? And I said, you know, I just don't like it. And she's like, um, but this is where God has you. Yeah. And it would honor God. And this is kind of Elizabeth Elliot, right? To do the next right thing, to yep. do the next thing, sweep the floor, load the dishwasher, rotate the laundry, make the bed. And I, she really got me to thinking. And I said, well, I just don't like it. And she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pray that you come to love your home. That's what I'm going to pray for you. And I remember thinking, I did not say it out loud to her, but I remember thinking to myself, well, I hope God doesn't answer that prayer because <laughs> that I don't want to like this, right? But one of the things that she shared with me is how she had learned to redeem housework. And the way she did it, see, I'm finally getting to the point, is she took a hymnal and she put it on her washer and dryer. Oh. And when she would go in to load the washer or to stand there and fold the laundry, she would sing a hymn. And she would just sing through the hymn book. And when she got to the end, she would just start again at the beginning and sing through the hymn book. And she said, I've never dreaded going in to do laundry since I put my hymn book on my dryer. That changed my life. That's amazing. It absolutely changed my life. Well, so I I was unable to find a way to prop up a hymn book on the toilet when I was cleaning that. <laughs> but from all of those hymns that I already had in my head, right, from doing the laundry, what I did was I would still sing the hymns as I was vacuuming or I was cleaning the toilets. And I'm here to tell you, it only takes one trip to a third world country where you have to use a squat pot yeah. to be immeasurably grateful for the fact that you have a toilet to clean. So if you've never had the squat pot experience from one woman who has to another woman who might not have, you need to praise Jesus that yeah. you have porcelain to clean. I'm just going to tell you, women <laughs> around the world, I'm here to tell you, I am so grateful for my seated toilets. But just praising him as you do those household chores, right? Just praising, singing a simple hymn. And I know someone, where did I put it? I don't think I got up here with it. Steve Demme has a great study on the hymns that I highly recommend, where he takes a hymn, he does the background and or scripture from it. So you can turn it into a Bible study around your breakfast table with your kids, right? But that praising God, getting those hymns into your head, all of that theology, all of that doctrine, the classic praise of God, because I'm here to tell you, God knows what your day holds. He knows. Yeah. And when you start off praising him in the morning, as you before you even get the kids up, maybe you're going in, you're rotating the laundry. I used to do that a lot. Go in and rotate the laundry, right? And I'm already singing a hymn when I go in to wake the kids, right? It's a game changer for your whole day. I mean, just a complete game changer. And then you teach those hymns to your kids very simply. Um, I'm so thrilled. One of my daughter-in-laws the other day sent me a video of my grandson singing the doxology when they tucked him into bed. Aww. I don't know that there's anything sweeter than that, Aww. right? A little two and a half year old with all of, I mean, you can make out about every fourth word, yeah, exactly. but yeah. his, his heart is praising God, right? So praising God is a huge thing. And I would suggest to you that it is, it is something that the enemy does not want you to do. He wants to 
steal your praise of yeah. King, because if you have praise for the Lord God in your heart, you can face anything. You can face anything. Criticism, lies, manipulation, hard times, unemployment, loss of a loved one, all those things, because you are equipped, because your eyes are set and focused right. on God. So praise is the first one. Got you those two hymnals. Singing is the primary thing there, but it bleeds over into the next one, right? Prayer, that Carmen prayer thing that you were mentioning earlier. Yeah, it's glorious praying. And it's, I think sometimes we have complicated prayer, right? And we've made it something that only a very few people can actually do. And yet in Hebrews, we're told to come before the throne of grace with confidence We are sons and daughters of the King of Kings, and he invites us to come in and approach him with confidence that he's going to keep his word, that he loves us, that he is faithful. And so praying together as a family, very simple prayers. And I I still think the Acts model is glorious. There are lots of different models for prayer. But again, my objective in this discussion today is doable, right? I want this to be easy. Something we can all remember. So acts, just A-C-T-S, right? Adoration, that's just praise. Just praising God for who he is. We thank you for being almighty. We thank you for being gracious, for being merciful, right? C, this is the one we often forget about. It's confession. Just acknowledging that we are sinners, that we have failed, that we are human, that we we forget to do the things that we should do. You know, the old Anglican prayer, the things we did that we shouldn't have done and the things we didn't do that we should have done, right? So both sides of that whole thing, but confessing our our weaknesses and our sinfulness. And then T is thanksgiving for his abundant mercy, new every morning, right? His grace that is boundless beyond measure, right? The mercy that forgives our sin, the grace that gives us the reward of heaven. So both of those things, just thanking God. And I would suggest to you the glory of tea, the glory of Thanksgiving is that you and I, this is the power, I think, because we can thank him in advance, in advance for all he's going to do. Yeah. So we're at the beginning, probably when this is airing of a new school year. Right. And I don't know about you, but I remember all those years, 26 years of planning school years. Right. I remember at the beginning, Still not knowing how we were going to do X, Y, or Z, right? Still not knowing how it was going to work. Still not sure. I mean, I, I can remember some years just praying all summer for a, a certain co-op position or tutor yep. or curriculum that we didn't have the money for, right? And just not know. And, and here comes September, right? And I still don't have that figured out. But thanking God, thanking God for his sovereign will and his good and pleasing and perfect will. And his plan over the whole circumstance and thanking him for what he was going to do yep. to glorify himself through that situation, even before I knew what it was going to be. I'm here to tell you, if we were to practice Thanksgiving better mm-hmm. and in front of our children, when our children have questions, I've got a daughter right now, an adult daughter who finds herself unemployed and she she has worked so diligently to find a position And I was praying with her just the other day, and I said, we're going to do what we've always done. We're going to thank him for what he's already working out in the background. We're going to thank him 
for the position that he has for you that we don't even know what it is right now. Because that's what the people of God do. We walk in confidence that he is faithful. And so I would suggest to you, mom, dad, don't keep those prayers of thanksgiving for things that you can't see, for those answers you don't have. Don't keep those prayers of thanksgiving in the back door behind your kids. Your kids need to hear those prayers. They need to hear those prayers. Well, they do. And as you share what God is doing and how he's working and so on, you're able to pass that on, which strengthens your child's faith, you know, from much earlier on. So they're able to to really w- get their appetite wet, kind of get their vision set to start looking for that, whereas you probably had to build a habit later. And it's such a gift to give your kids that way. Exactly. It is. And you know, that's what biblical hope is. Biblical hope is confident expectation that God's going to do what he already said he was going to do. It's not the world's hope, this wishy-washy, maybe, maybe not. It's confident expectation of God keeping his promises. And so when we claim them, and I'm not talking health and wealth, I'm talking we are claiming God's promises of provision, Galatians 5, fruit of the spirit, right? That he's going to give us everything we need. Not that want list that some other false gospels want to teach, but really what we need, what our souls need. And when we show that to our kids, you're right. They can live expectantly. What's God going to do? What's God to do? It's so, so exciting. And then S, this is where we finally get to supplication. So adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and then supplication. Supplication is just a big word that means all of those requests we have for God, right? Right. And you'll notice that when you pray in this order, often the supplication list shrinks, right? Because we've already given it to God. We've already acknowledged that he has it. We've already acknowledged that he knows. We've already acknowledged and thanked him for what he's going to do. And then our supplications, we can really say, okay, these are the things that we believe we need. But what I find And I'm sure this is true for you, too. As I pray this model, I get more to the place, not perfectly, not consistently, but I do find myself more in the position of I really want what God wants. Absolutely. I really because I've acknowledged who he is. Right. right? If I jump to supplication first without remembering who he is, then my list is forever long. Right. And the worry that you struggle with is so much greater. As Whereas if you start that way, God reorients your entire vision and you start focusing on him and how great and how big and how strong and how mighty and how all-knowing he is. Yes. And everything else falls so neatly in place. And it's just beautiful, Uh you know, and teaching your kids all of that. There's just no replacement for that. And one of the things that I've done in the past, even in live audiences, we've done the alphabet of praise, right? So who is God? You start with A and you just go through the entire alphabet, just announcing who God is. And your littles can do this. Yes. We would do this often around the breakfast table. I'd say, okay, kids, lift holy hands. Who is he? He is almighty. He is blessing. He is compassionate. He is our defender. He is enough. Mom, you need to know that he is enough. You're not enough. He's enough, right? He is enough. And so just going through the whole alphabet and just praising him and setting that tone in your home, who God is, it's glorious. A couple of books for that. These are three. You know, I love this book, Valley of Vision. 
These are old Puritan prayers in the old English style. I've actually gone in when I read them aloud. I often let's see where am I when I read them aloud. I cut the thee and thou and just do you. And I've got tons of notes and dates and markings in here of where God has brought me. And I literally, this is part of my morning liturgy. I read one of these every morning and I just read through it and then I start again and read through it and start again. Just because often there's a whole section here on confession and repentance, which again, I think we often neglect. And so it's really good, I think, to walk through that a couple of times a year because I read through this book. But this is a great tool, especially if you're new in the faith. It's just good to see the elevated prayer style. Um, Knowledge of the Holy, one of my all-time favorite books by A.W. Tozer. This is about the attributes of God. It's very readable. We did this at least one time, although it might have been twice, is our morning reading and devotional for family worship around the breakfast table. So it's an excellent resource to get to know who God is if that's a whole new thing for you. Um, J.I. Packer's Knowing God. This is a classic. I love this. It's it's read and reread. I mean, some of the sentences in here, you can read like one sentence and you're like, yeah, I got to go yeah, think exactly. about that. I mean, it's, we're going to stop here for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it's outstanding. Now, this, I would say, really bright junior high, high school material. Yeah. So great reading book, maybe a, a book you read alongside your high school student as you're discipling them. Great book. And then, of course, the timeless cl- classic, Mere Christianity. So all of those, I would say, are really great on the whole idea of who is God? Who is this God? I mean, if we're going to praise him, right, if we're going to pray to him, we need to, we really need to be diving into who he is. And I just want to encourage everybody out there. Again, if this is all new to you, God wants you to know him. So you're not fighting against him. He's not up there going, no, no, (laughs) speak to the head. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's not who he is. So as you seek him, as you seek him, you will know him. He says, if you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. And so that's the assurance we have in his word. So we've talked about praising him, maybe a hymn book on your dryer. Um, we've talked about praying to him. And, I, and one more thing about praying. If you're a mom, you are praying constantly. Yeah. Right. I mean, you had to pray constantly when all of your kids were home. I was always praying for discernment. For we out for wisdom, for the right yes. words, for everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from the time I got up to the time I was going to bed, I was just, please, Lord, what am I going to do now? Who's telling me the truth? Right. Um, <laughs> what do I need to cut off my list of things? How do I need to deal with this situation? Right. It's this constant prayer. And so you, your day begins with, dear God, I need you today. Thank you for going before me. Thank you for walking with me. Thank you for coming behind me and hemming me in. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then you start your day, right? And then the last thing is thank you for today. Thank you for all you did. Thank you for meeting me. Thank you for meeting the children. Thank you for all that you extended to us today. See you tomorrow. You know, in Jesus name, amen. And then that's what you do. Right. And now as a mom with kids launched, I pray through the night. So that's another thing. So maybe it looks like that. (laughs) Yeah, a talk for another day. So we've talked about praise and prayer, and now I want to talk about study. And again, these three go together, and I think it's important for us to endeavor, I love that word, 
to endeavor to pursue incorporating all three of these in our daily lives. And I would say, ideally, to circle back, Leslie, to what you said earlier, I really think in community with other women, right? I, just one or two, maybe, maybe once or twice a month. I actually have a mom's group that comes here to our house about twice a month. I say about because it's a mom's group. So sometimes everybody's got sick kids. So it is what it is. But just coming together for fellowship and around God's word, it that that's where it is, right? If you're in a period of time where it's just you and Jesus, God bless you and he will meet you. Yep. But I think trying to find one or two other people or or getting involved in a Bible study is very valuable. The tools you need for this is a Bible. Yep. This is my beloved NASB, which I'm about to send off to be rebound because it is falling apart on me. Get a, a copy, a translation of God's word that you can study and you can dig into. I love this one because it's got the cross references, but it's not a study Bible. I do have a study Bible to recommend the ESV study Bible. This is pretty standard and most uh, seminaries have adopted the ESV now and they happen to have a really good study Bible. Yep. The reason I like both is I believe the word of God is given to us. And I think if we just jump to a study Bible, sometimes we miss what the Holy Spirit wants to talk to us. Totally agree. So related to both of those things, I'm actually currently doing a study of the Gospel of Mark on my podcast. And what I, the way I'm teaching through Mark is by a literary study method. I was an English minor in college called a close reading. And what I'm trying to do is teach how, yes, you can. Yes, you can get in and study God's Word very simply. And so I'm not incorporating any commentaries. I am strictly using passages from the NASB. There are study guides at my website, and then I'm teaching at the podcast. And all we're doing is looking straight at the text, right? And just simply looking at what's going on. Who's here? What did they say? How did they react? What was their motive? How did the other people react? You know, what are we seeing? Is there a trend here? Is this a repeat, right? That's And that's all we're doing. Because again, I want it to be doable. I want it to be doable. Yep. Too often, people are intimidated by Bible study. And I want to tell you, the author of Bible intimidation is the enemy. He wants to convince you that you can't, that it's too complicated, that only seminarians can do that. Only pastors can do that. Only people with PhDs can do that. And I'm going to tell you, that's not true, right? The gospel message of Jesus Christ is for the illiterate to the elite, which means that, yes, you can study this. Because again, just like he's going to meet you and when you praise him, he's going to meet you when you pray to him. He is going to meet you when you study his word. And he's going to show you exactly what you need to see. Now, I believe in the inerrant word of God. I believe every dot and tittle is inspired so I believe that it is the solid rock that we build our lives on. And so I don't believe that this is a live document that grows and changes with culture. No, I believe it speaks very definitively to every issue that we face, every issue that we face. In all cultures, it is always relevant. It is the principles in God's word are always applicable. They never change. It is it is phenomenal when you dive in there and you actually start applying it to right where you are. And exactly. That's, that's just one of the amazing, wonderful, just incredible, mind-blowing things about God's Word. 
It's truly, and, and you know, and all of this change, I mean, breakneck speed change in our culture right now, terrifying changes, frankly, in our culture right now, you can depend on the unchanging truth of God's word. Culture's truth is going to change next week. What they believe and what they propose and what they value will change in record time. But the truth of God, his love for mankind, his everlasting mercy and grace, it's not going anywhere. Exactly. So that's what we need to make sure all of these other things that everybody tells us that we need to study and to give our kids academically, right? So my husband and I own Apologia. So, you know, I'm supposed to give a big punch for science. You got to do science. We also happen to do math. But here's the deal. If you're not giving them Jesus, if you're not giving them God's word, then the science that you give them is not going to be worth much. Yep. Exactly. We need scientists who know who God is. We need mathematicians who are grounded in truth. They're trying to hijack math now, people. Math, like two plus two equals four. And so we've got to make sure that we build our curriculum, right, on the foundational truth of God's word and then give them all the academics so they can be prepared to go and honor God in what he calls them to do. And some of that's going to be guarding truth, yep. right? But it's got to be built on God's truth. Yep. A couple of other references for that. These two are from the Psalm, for the Psalm specific, because this last year I was doing some Psalms study, but the Psalms are such a great place to start. So if you're starting your Bible study journey, these are two great places. So one is by Ortland, Diane Ortland. It is In the Lord I Take Refuge. I happen also to love this book because it's a beautiful book. I don't think there are enough beautiful books on the planet. My husband would take. I mean, look at the inside paper. I mean, it's just a beautiful book. It's laid out beautifully, right? And so again, in Rachel Carmen style, I write notes on every page and date things. But you can do a psalm a day. It's got a little, little commentary on some, but just a couple of paragraphs. So great devotional book. Again, for around your table at breakfast together, maybe individually, maybe as a couple, right? Also makes a great gift because it's the Psalms and, and the, the whole spectrum of issues is covered in the Psalms. Love. And again, another one for the Psalms is by Trevin Wax. I just learned about him last year, so I must be a, a latecomer to that. But this is actually very intense, but I brought it anyway. It's called The Psalms in 30 Days. Huh. And it's based on the, I want to say it's the Anglican model of the daily offices. So morning, noon, and night. Right. And that's what I mean. It's kind of intense. It'd be a great thing to dig into for 30 days. And what I would suggest, um, because we are called to walk in grace, I would dig into it for 30 days and just do what you can that day, right? Not beat yourself up. But it's just powerful. He actually has prayers in here also. And a few of the traditional uh, hymns to sing and blessings. So this is beautiful, beautiful. Another alternative would be to use this. You'd have to sort of redo it, but use it for morning worship as a family also. Yeah. So, I mean, and then the other one, the last one I'll say, I mean, so surrounded by so many great things. I'm really cutting down. (laughs) I know so many of you. This is another one of my favorite is streams in the desert. Yes. (laughs) So again, this is a timeless classic. Mom, this is a great thing. 
to read uh, just in the morning, just to set your mind on things above. It just reminds us, I think, I mean, it's called Streams in the Desert, but I think the power of this book is the acknowledgement of we're not home yet. Right. We're here. And we are to honor him in word and deed here. We're to live live worthy here, but it's hard here. (laughs) And yet God is faithful. And over and over, that's the message of this book. And I have just, I've probably read this every day for maybe five years. That's when I was going to see what the date is. You know, the other thing about getting older is like my arms aren't long enough, even with glasses. I don't know how many years, but I read it every morning with the prayer book. And it just, it amazes me. I'll date things. And I'll go, oh, I remember that time. Wow. You know, that's really just really powerful. And again, God loves you. And he's going to meet you right where you are as you praise him, as you pray to him, and as you study him and get to know him better so that you can give what you've got to your kids and pass it on to them. So good. So good. And so much truth and so much. I mean, I took a lot of notes because even though I'm farther along in my journey as well, some of the things that you noted, some of the tips that you gave were so profound, so helpful that I I don't want to forget them. I want to make sure I'm passing them on to my girls as they're launching out. And so I really, really appreciate your spending your time. You're sharing all of that with us. It was just a treasure trove. There's a lot of clips marked to share. So before we go though, Rachel, would you tell everybody where can they find you? Where can they go deeper? Where can they get involved in your studies and and really dive deep with you to get more training, more encouragement, more help? So yeah, so I have a podcast called Real Refreshment, the podcast. It's not a really original title. I was originally doing, so here's my apologetic. I was originally doing two days a week, but I really, again, I, I want to pull back to that doable thing. I don't ever want to succumb to easy. I don't think we're called to easy as Christians. That's a conversation for another day, probably. But I was, I really wanted the moms to want to get into God's word. The best Bible teachers I've ever been under did not give me all of the answers, did not answer all of my questions, right? But they made me want to open the Bible and get in the word. Yep. That's what I want to do. And so that's what I'm endeavoring to do with my studies. So instead of doing two days a week, I pulled back to only one. So I teach um, the passage of scripture. Like I said, we're in Mark right now. And then over at rachelcarbon.com, there's a ton of downloadable PDF study guides that you can do. And the the teaching at the podcast complements the study guide, but they're not the same. Gotcha. And so you can print that off. You can get a few friends together and do a study of Mark. You can do it with your high school kids. You can do it with your husband, but you can dig dig deeper into God's word. And there's levels of study. You know, the last section's called consider this, and that's really the introspection part, right? So I've got the Mark study. I did a study on the life of Peter, probably one of my favorite of the disciples because he was the consummate that kid, you know, he was just (laughs) rash and out of control and passionate. So we did that. I've got M&Ms going, which is a meditate and memorize passage. We did the Psalms all this year. I think I'm going to carry that into 24 also. And so real refresh with the podcast and then rachelcarmen.com. And then the other thing, Davis and I own Apologia. And my big life project was the Bible curriculum that I wrote. And this is another thing that you can do with your family. So this is really at the core 
of my heartbeat is helping families get in God's word together. Because I'm telling you, homeschooling isn't the answer. Jesus is the answer. And if we are failing to give our kids the word of God and God himself, then our homeschooling is going to be empty. But if we build what we're doing at home on love of God and love of neighbor, which means mom, dad, and siblings, right? Then we change the world. Yep. Then we change the world. And we can be the change one family at a time that we're all praying for because we're a hot mess right now. (laughs) We need change. We need change. It is so true. So true. Well, Rachel, again, thank you so much for, for sharing your heart, sharing your resources, sharing your wisdom. It has been, as always, just a great joy to have you around. And I am so glad you've been here. I always enjoy our conversations, Leslie. Blessings upon you and all the listeners. So glad you tuned in. Thank you so much. To everyone else, again, thank you for hanging out with us today. I am absolutely confident that you've gotten a lot out of this podcast that is really actionable, really helpful. And so I encourage you, listen again, grab some of these resources. We're going to list all of them with links in the show notes so that you don't have to to go search and we'll have it right there for you. Connect with Rachel in the days ahead. She has so much to share. Um, You know, we talk all the time about how the Great Commission starts right there at home. You, your Jerusalem is right there, but you can't give what you don't have, like Rachel commented on earlier. And so it's so important that as a mom on mission, that you spend the time to make sure that your eyes are focused on the Lord, that your heart is filled with praise, that your mouth overflows with thanksgiving, and that you're passing on a very natural, very authentic faith for your children and giving them a foundation to build their own on. All of these resources that were mentioned today will help you go a long way in doing that. So I hope that you have a great rest of your day, that you start forming these habits if you don't have them already and getting God's word uh, right now. Go go grab your Bible, grab a resource, get in God's word now. Spend some time in, in praise and thanksgiving and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more. So check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.